Behind the Screens takes you beyond the code and into the open source community with short interviews from live events all over the world. Made possible by Lullaby, your number one source for strategy, design, and Drupal development for large-scale digital publishing. Find us on Twitter at Lullabot or in your browser at lullabot.com. Today I'm going behind the screens from DrupalCon Seattle with Kevin Tull. Hello. <laughs> How is your DrupalCon going so far, Kevin? Uh, it's great. We just did the Community Summit. This is the first time I've ever been able to go to the Community Summit, so it was a really wonderful, wonderful experience. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with Drupal. How are you involved with the project? Um, so I, for actual work, I'm a freelance front-end developer. Um, Community-wise, I help run MidCamp in Chicago every March, and then I also go around most of North America and record all the sessions at all the camps. You record all the sessions at all the camps? I mean most of them, a lot of them, <laughs> North America only. That sounds like a lot of work. So you do Drupal as your job. That's where you make your money. Is the session recording just a, a passion project, a labor of love, or do you get reimbursed for any of that? Um, I get reimbursed for travel expenses. I also have launched a new, the unofficial Drupal recording initiative is uh, on Open Collective so that people can contribute to that. Um, but it's it's how I, I don't commit... I don't manage any um, modules. I don't have any projects, so I don't commit code. So I'm committing this resource. This is my community contribution. That's excellent. I like that. That It's helpful for people to know that it's, even though Drupal is a software project, it's you don't have to know code. You don't have to write code or maintain modules to participate. Yeah. Everyone's got their own way of doing things. Yeah. So how much of your time does that take up to manage these recordings and process this? Um, it's, it's literally the time at camp. Um, I also make sure to always post all the videos either before I leave camp or the next day, so that way I'm done with it. But it's um, like 15 minutes of chaos during session breaks and then, you know, set up and break down time. And so all the equipment you've purchased yourself? Yeah, purchased and is, has either been refunded or reimbursed through camps or other um, company contributions. Lullabot contributed a, uh, a kit recently, so yeah. That's wonderful. So you've got a lot of support from the community to help you record all of these sessions, all of this information and sharing that's happening at camps all across North America can be redistributed through, I'm assuming, mainly on YouTube? Well, uh, originally it was on all the camp YouTube channels, but um, Debug Academy recently built Drupal.tv. So now we have uh, all of the videos from all of the camps and cons that we know about are also then pull down to Drupal.tv so that you have one place to go. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that just launched uh, January 1st this year. Ah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. heard about that. Oh, yeah, so nice. Drupal.tv, you can, if you happen to miss a camp, you can, if Kevin was there recording them, then uh, all that stuff is uploaded. You can go watch them there. That's, yeah. a, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, currently, at least, I don't, know, I don't know about all the video count on Drupal.tv, but I know I've captured roughly 1,500 videos so far. Wow. Yeah. What made you start doing this? Why is this something that you do? Uh, I, when I first got into Drupal about a decade ago, I watched videos from camps on archive.org, right? So when I got involved in my first camp as an as a organizer, this was a suburban Chicago camp, it was a default that we were going to record the sessions. Um, it also helped that I had experience with that from my old job. We did a marketing uh, conference for 1,000 people. 
So yeah, it was basically like, it was a passion project for me to make sure that we could record the sessions since that's one of the ways that I learned. I figured other people would probably learn from that too. So it's evolved over the years. With the advent of Slack, more people know how to get in touch with me. And so that's why I do so many. Yeah. So that's a great question. If there's somebody who is running a camp and would like to have their sessions recorded, but they don't have the equipment or the means to do it themselves, they can get in touch with you and, and ask if you can come out and do it. How, how does that process work for you? Is it sort of just ad hoc or do you have, are you, you know, contract for hire? Um, it's very ad hoc. Uh, generally it's through Slack nowadays. Um, and yeah, if I have, if I have an opening in my schedule, I'll generally do it. Um, it's a, it's now a thousand dollars per camp, which pretty much covers my airfare and hotel. Uh, extra resources are listed on Open Collective. That's going to help me either purchase new equipment, or hopefully now then have money to offset travel to outside North America events because there are way more events globally than just North America. So scalability is, I imagine, very difficult. Yeah. Do you have anybody else you're working with, or are you looking to bring on help to expand this? Uh, yeah, that, that's my next step as part of the initiative, is to find more uh, me's out there that I can help train to use the equipment to run them either regionally or just help, like, sometimes, like GovCon, for example, there's eight sessions per hour on two floors. It's tough for one person to do. Um, so I've started volunteering people, but I'm being more proactive about it, trying to actually train people so that way maybe then I can ship kits and then someone else can do it. So if there's anybody out there who's interested in participating in this, maybe they've got an AV background and they, this, they're realizing... No AV like, required. No AV no background. AV required. No, it's, it's really simple to set up. It's really just a manage, an issue of troubleshooting whether or not if the connection doesn't work, there's, there's a few things to try. So you've really got it boiled down to a science now. Just hit the big red button. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> All right, so yeah, anyone who's listening out there who wants to give back to the community, doesn't feel comfortable writing code or sharing uh, sharing what they're working on, they can get in touch with you and help to record sessions at local camps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, and probably the next question is, how would you get in touch with me to do that? Yeah, you read my mind or my script. Um, there you go. Uh, so I'm Kathol on all the Slacks. So I'm on Drupal Slack. I'm on the Drupal Organizer Slack. Um, Midcamp has a Slack. I'm Kevin Jathel on Twitter, so, and I have a contact form on Drupal.org, right? So any way you can hit me, I'm happy to help. And I'll even, like, if I can't go, I can, I've got equipment that I can basically, sh you cover the cost of shipping and you can use it, send it back. Wow. What a service. That's so great that you would do something like that. And it's helping so many people learn Drupal. Yeah. You know, and we were just in the community summit, like you mentioned, talking about teaching new people Drupal, bringing in developers who are trying to learn from the ground up. And it's something that I think the community is really, we're coming up against a wall almost with a lot of senior developers, not a lot of junior developers entering the market. So that, that being what we were talking about in there, that being said, what is one thing you think is going really well with the community right now? And where's one area you think we could really stand to improve? Um, for sure where we could stand to improve is bringing new talent, uh, junior developers, new new excited humans into the mix, right? Um, there's a lot of, like I've been around for 10 years now, like mm -hmm. people run out of steam. I don't, but people do. It's, it's life. Um, so that's definitely an area where we can improve. As for what we're doing really well, um, I don't know, so many, we're doing a lot of things well. Like where the fact that we're very actively 
caring about inclusivity and diversity um, and making it sort of forefront in our conversations, I think is a huge important step. Um, and also like tangent or related to that, like I, I, people will kind of just randomly tell me like, thanks so much for what you're doing. It's great. But then some, even better, they'll tell me like why. And like someone, like I hadn't thought about it, but like these videos are um, an accessibility and inclusion bonus, right? Because if I don't have the wherewithal to travel to an event, I can still learn. And I hadn't, that blew my mind. I was like, wow. That's pretty great. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it from that aspect. Right, yeah. So if you were, well, you said you were a freelancer, so um, let's just say you were told you can have an entire month off, fully paid, to work on whatever you want to work on. What would you do with your time? Oh, I would probably, I went to cooking school a while back. I would probably go back and learn more about intricacies of maybe like cured meats or things of that nature. I was going to ask, any particular cuisine that you you would go after or anything in the the kitchen that sparks your interest over Um, anything else? Yes, all of it. All of it? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like that. Cooking, I would... I'm, I'm interested in that one. I would go for that, too. Yeah. Uh, what is the scariest part of Drupal for you? Uh, I, I, the scariest part for me is, is wondering what the long-term health of the overall project is. Because um, this is my livelihood. So, And coming to events like this helps allay those fears because it's easy like you know you get away from the community for a bit it's like ooh, i don't know like is everybody still happy is it healthy and then you come here and it's like oh yeah it is Mm -hmm. yeah so i see what you mean though like we've come a long way in the last 10 years but so has the ecosystem around drupal so yeah what does that look like in the future and how do we weather those changes absolutely yeah all right i've got a couple fun ones now let's flip it around off of uh, drupal just a bit here we're going to get back to the food questions. If you could have an endless supply of any food, what food would you pick? Uh, pizza. Just nonstop. Oh, every time you open the, the door, there's another pizza there. I think so, yeah. There's always room for more pizza. I've been challenged with that, but yeah, there's always room for more pizza. And you're a Chicagoland area person, so yeah, Chicago no, or do not. you... Uh-oh. Or, uh, deep dishes is fine and all, but it's, yeah. Chicago pizza, in my style, is tavern style, which is sort of a... Not quite thin crust, but it's square cut. Mm-hmm. The round pizza cut and the nice small square pizzas. That's how I grew up. Tavern style all the way. There you go. See, I'm a New York person, so I go for the, you know, the big I flat round. New York slice. Yep. I do. Deep okay. dish is, is more for tourists. <laughs> there you, yeah, I could not get behind the deep dish style when I visited Chicago, but that's just me. All right, here's a fun one I haven't asked anybody yet. If you could choose two animals and merge them into one super pet, which two animals do you create your pet from? Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, cat is definitely part of the equation because I'm a cat person. And then, oh, probably like some sort of a bird because, like, who doesn't want a flying cat? I love it. Okay, we got to come up with a name for this thing. If it doesn't, I'm sure somebody will correct the, me and send me the name. The name is Flying Cat. Flying Cat. All right, I'm in. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to do this is one of my favorite ones. Let's, let's play some rapid fire. Five questions. Yes or no, this or that type of answers. Mountain Lodge or Beach Hut? Beach Hut. Thundercats or Voltron? Voltron. Uh, Would you rather attend school at Hogwarts or have a wardrobe that opens to Narnia? Hogwarts. 
beer, wine, cocktail, or none of the above? Cocktail. And also all of the above. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. All right, and if 100 hippos and 100 rhinos fought on a mixed terrain of land and water, which animal would win? Ooh, the rhinos. Any particular reason why the rhinos win? Mm, they have horns. I'll take it. <laughs> so I, I like to wrap these uh, episodes up with a little thanks and gratitude towards the people who have helped us along the way. Is there anybody who comes to mind you'd like to share a little gratitude with? Yeah, um, way back when I was forming my, or get, getting into the community, Bob Snodgrass, he launched our local meetup in the suburbs of Chicago. And uh, if I had not gone to that, because I'm, spoiler alert, I'm very shy, I'm an introvert. Um, if I had not gone, because I, and it was, it was killing me to go to this meetup, because I'm like, oh, I have to talk to humans about this thing. And I did it, and it was life-changing. So yeah, Bob Snodgrass gets the win. Excellent. Kevin, thanks a lot for taking a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Hey, it's Nick from Drupal Camp Colorado. What's happening with this year's camp, Nick? We'll be at the King Center on the Auraria campus in downtown Denver, August 2nd through 4th. On Friday, we'll have trainings and summits. Saturday, we'll have keynotes, sessions, and then a party to cap the day off. And then we'll have mentored sprints on Sunday. As always, registration will be free, but a personal donation of 25 bucks or more gets you this year's custom design camp t-shirt and good Drupal Karma. Keep an eye on our website for registration and session announcements at drupalcampcolorado.org.